Let's spell a song so you can sing along with my special guest star two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song's Second Chance Theater, where we recover a topic but with a new guest. And let me tell you, this guest is very excited for today's episode. I'm your host, John, and with me today is um, one third of three guys, no, three films and a podcast, that's it. Uh, it's Ben Lawhorn, everyone. Woo! Hello. Back. I'm so excited to be back here. Three and- guys in a cup. We thought about going with that name, but it just, <laughs> it didn't work out that well, so... Not not three men in a podcast. That's what it is. Yeah, that's what I went off of is three men and a baby. And then like, it it probably just doesn't work as well as we think it did. You know, I was like, yeah, three films on a podcast. That works. But yeah, that's uh, that's the pod that I do. And we're here today to recover Purple Rain, the 1984 film that honestly, knowing the three of you, I think you're the one that definitely picked this one (laughs) for your first. When we were first talking about, you know, collaborating, being on each other's podcasts and everything, you're yeah. like, you, you're definitely more of the musician. And like, this is, to me, like your go-to I'm sick movie, it feels like. Oh, for sure. A hundred percent. Like my girlfriend and I were just talking about this. Like, we'll, you know, sometimes you get in those moods of like, we got to clean the house. We will literally throw this on because it's like, cool, two hours looks like, but it's like a great soundtrack to listen to. But if you want to stop and watch it for a while, you can. It's just, it's great to have on in the background. Um, It's funny because I didn't pick this for our podcast. Um, Tyler actually picked it for, we did a round on music. Um, But I think I like, I'm just, I'm so in love with it. I've definitely watched it the most since then, (laughs) about the three of us. And I think when you came on and we were talking about what to do, like I even you know it was just like well i mean you've definitely done purple rain so let's figure it out you're like no we haven't done it and i was just blown away it's like wait what like we okay we have to talk about this because like this movie is just i don't know it's sticking with me i love it so previously we covered purple rain as episode number 137 with your co-hosts tyler beck and matt weiler Mm -hmm. um unfortunately like day or two before we were all all four of us were going to record it you couldn't because I want to say work, but who knows? Who remembers? It's yeah. So long ago at this point. But now it's your. Now you're on. Now, now you're here. on. <laughs> yeah, we're here. The kid is here. <laughs> <laughs> um. So you kind of get answered the question as to like why you wanted to talk about it originally, but like, are you like a big Prince fan, or I mean, have you seen this movie prior to your uh, podcast recording of it? No, I had never watched the movie. Obviously, like a big fan of the soundtrack, a big fan of Prince. Uh, Honestly, if I have one regret in life, it's that I got invited to go to a Prince concert and I just didn't go because at that time I just didn't really like, I forget even what the album was. It was like 3121, you know, it's just like one of his like later ones. And in my mind, I'm just like, I don't want to listen to like, new prince you know and i just for some reason i didn't think he would cover the classics and i went back and looked at the set list and I was like, jesus christ it's like he covered everything so it's like the honestly the one regret i probably have in my life is not going to that concert because i just feel like it would have been like like life-changing it would have been amazing so um 
yeah i i really liked prince and then seeing this movie i think it just brings something new to the music like it you just i feel like you can't help but hear it differently knowing what the narrative is behind it and so like purple range just it's a new song for me and it's yeah i love it i mean i'm not gonna lie the last time uh we talked about this i i said on the episode i downloaded the soundtrack and like every once in a while i revisit it since Mm -hmm. then because the music is amazing now i'm a little confused though and i don't know if you probably know this but like i know that Prince was like, hey, I want to make a movie. But yeah. like, did he have this album set first and then was like, this is what we're doing for the movie? I mean, I think it's like a, a little, uh, you know, column A, column B of just like some of the music was written and then the movie idea came. And so then like the rest of the music was written. That's my understanding of it. Mm. You probably have listeners who know a lot more and are telling me actually what the truth is right now. But that's my understanding because i know stuff like you guys talked about it but one of my favorite facts about this movie is that he wrote when doves cry because the director was like hey i need like a montage song (laughs) he's like cool i got you and he fucking wrote when doves cry it's insane like is there ever going to be a better montage song like it's impossible there's no way and i honestly don't know if there's ever going to be a better soundtrack to a movie like this for me it's like basically flawless so um i'm not sure exactly if it was like i have this album i want to put it to a movie or if like i want to do a movie i'll write songs for it i kind of feel like it's a a little bit of both like he was writing the songs and producing and recording and producing them and it was like i want to do a movie but like here's some ideas and yeah that's yeah i know um i said this last time too and i'm going to reiterate it when he died in 2016 they uncovered i don't know who they are but someone uncovered Mm -hmm almost a thousand songs that were recorded albums that were like i guess created um music videos all these things because like he's he was such a prolific writer yeah him and dolly yeah right yeah (laughs) exactly and like some of the stuff that he wrote like because he did was it nothing compares to you is that prince like he wrote that he wrote that and I know that has a, a weird history um, with Sinead and stuff like that, but yeah, I, guess, I mean, I don't know. I guess in the winters in Minnesota, you got nothing else to do, right? So if you got a studio <laughs> in your house, like let's like let's write songs. But yeah, he's a he's an amazing artist. He's so, so talented. Before we started recording, I had to told you that like my favorite podcast is uh, How Did This Get Made, and they mm-hmm. covered another Prince movie called Under the Cherry Moon, which I think happened after this one. Yeah. Um, and they were saying on there that apparently Prince like renovated his house or wherever wherever he was living so that he can be able to write songs even on the toilet. Like, oh wow! So or like that. record things. So I I don't know how true that is because again, fellow podcasters, sometimes we like to lie or <laughs> yeah or or spew bullshit. But like, I don't know. I feel like that seems like something that would have happened if he wrote a thousand plus unproduced songs he just seemed he's the kind of person where it just feels like uh any tale you hear about them is just like oh yeah that's probably true you know like after even just the whole charlie murphy you know thing happened on the Chappelle show it's like oh that's crazy and then you find out like no that that actually happened <laughs> like they played basketball and he made him pancakes it's just like what prince did this you know it's like okay but it's just yeah i believe pretty much anything that i hear about it because in the best way possible i'm like yeah it feels like something that he would do 
Now, this is where we're going to not like Prince. So I want to amend something I said last episode where we talked about how he treats Wendy and Lisa in the movie. And I was like, I don't think that's real. Well, I did a little extra research and apparently it was. Oh, wow. (laughs) Because Wendy and Lisa, they felt like they weren't given the do their dues because they were right they were helping to write and produce things and he just mm. wouldn't do it and so after reading that that moment when he sings purple rain at the end and again they didn't help write that song but like he gives yeah. them credit for it it's like oh are you begrudgingly like giving people credit for yeah, it kind of feels like it. And it feels like some of those, you know, that are people that are kind of perfectionists and that we even label like as geniuses or whatever, like there is this tendency to them where it's just like, oh, they're, they can also kind of be shitty people, you know, but that's like for them to achieve what they want. It's kind of like no one can do this but me. Um, and yeah, I feel like some of those kind of people have that personality or that that attribute that trait so i'm not surprised to hear it It is unfortunate for sure but it's yeah i don't know to what extent yeah like because it is kind of it feels like a little extreme in this because like when you think about this movie prince and the two actors who play his parents are the only ones that have character names Mm -hmm. and everyone else is playing themselves in a way yeah and like the people who play his parents are called mother and father like and he's yeah yeah exactly he's a kid yeah so So you have names they just have like titles you know put (laughs) upon them yeah so um okay hard seg hard segue uh in as part of second chance theater i have we listened to the original episode um to see if we left out something in your opinion so what did you think we didn't meant cover something or like talk more about something that you want to expand upon i mean i felt like you guys covered it pretty thoroughly you know like i was listening to it trying to be like well i would talk about this but you guys really kind of hit on everything i'm like i feel like i'm just excited to come late to the party and talk about it you know what i mean but i don't know that uh, like this may not be helpful for you it's like i don't know i think you guys did a good job you know covering it well, great, because now I'm going to ask you for your opinion on some theories that I mentioned in the last episode. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so, okay, obviously, as we talked about, as we talked about, and as I talked about with your, uh, with Tyler and Matt, um, Prince goes, is, is like, I want to make a movie. Here are yeah. songs that I'm currently working on. Here are things that I've recorded, blah, blah, blah. Does it, though, feel like he got his hands on a cameraman and was like, guys, we're going to devise or make up things like on the spur of the moment. And we're going to make this movie. Hooray. What is the script? Who cares? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it a hundred percent feels like that. And I, th- I think this was like the director's first feature or something like, yes. When I watched it the first time I watched all the behind the scenes stuff, I, I didn't do it this time, unfortunately, but what you're saying all sounds like kind of how it went, which is like, it was like a gun for hire. It's like Prince wants to make the movies like, okay, cool. I've never done one, but let's do it. And he like Prince just kind of like was the director, kind of the Ed Norton thing. It's like, you, okay, like I'm the star and we're going to kind of do what I want to do. Um, and yeah, I think it's like, what, what do you say to Prince? You know, you're not gonna be like, no. So it's like, okay, yeah, I guess if this is what you want, let's do it. I was trying to disassociate from the 
amazing music and mu- mm-hmm. and like let's let, let's call a spade a spade they are music videos yeah. like they made music videos and then there's interstitial book scenes where it's like <laughs> we're gonna make something up i'm gonna slap you now okay apollonia <laughs> yeah. but like the scenes in between the music videos is bonkers oh, and so bonkers and you're like i don't understand what's happening or like the yeah. growth that you're supposed to have well, it's kind of funny because, I mean, the other movie that I came on here to talk about with you is uh, This is Spinal Tap. And all those Christopher Guest movies kind of work that way, where it's just like, all right, we're going to start the scene here. We have to end here. Let's just see how we're going to get there. You know, like it's all kind of improv, and which kind of feels like what this was doing in between all the music. But you just don't have christopher guest and you know fred willard you don't have Catherine o'hara you just have like your other musicians and stuff Prince, so it's just like it's, the revolution yeah, yeah uh, apollonia you know Morris it's like, day in the time like yeah. you have all these people that are not really actors except for apollonia which i believe yeah she was like the, one of the few actors that were mm-hmm. actually hired for this movie but like they're not improv improv yeah they don't do improv (laughs) no no exactly so it's like all right well we got to get to the point where like i'm mad at you because you're gonna go work with morris you know what i mean so it's like let's do that and let's just figure out how we're gonna get there it's like all right cool let's let's do it now my other wild theory that i had some more time to marinate on is that i feel like prior to the events of this movie so still in the world yeah the kid and Morris Day were in a relationship. Whether or not they called each Ooh. other boyfriend or they definitely had sex. And then yeah. my theory is that Morris Day broke it off. Ergo, why the kid never talks to Morris Day. Like, literally says words. He'll listen, and but just stare. Mm-hmm. And then Jero- Morris Day and Jerome now have are in a relationship and jerome is that new girlfriend type who is just like uh he loves me more Mm -hmm. he he lets me do the things that you wouldn't let you do whatever (laughs) yeah does that hold water (laughs) i mean i i I wouldn't put it like it's not completely you know it's probable it's definitely an option you know what i mean like i could totally see it i was again talking to my partner about this while we were watching it's just like everyone dressed so like flamboyantly androgynous you know where it's just kind of like this is more on how they are acting and talking because like true yeah Morris day sounds like he's he's gay i'm not yeah. gonna lie to you i'm not gonna yeah. lie. And, I, I, cancel me for saying that everyone but like watch this movie and tell me i'm wrong and that, yeah that's fine I, and i don't want to like cross any lines i'm not trying to like say anything bad but i, I could totally see that for sure where it's just like a feud or whatever between them due to a, a breakup right because yeah. that's what it, it that's what it because they never say we are rival bands i mean don't get me wrong the fact that we're supposed to think that they are like small town bands that won't make it <laughs> yeah, big yeah. is wild mm-hmm. but they never really like talk or like well i guess morris day never really talks about the feud that yeah. they have so that's where my little brain went because I was just like, it really only makes sense that they were having a relationship of sorts. And then he, he has to break it off because like, there is that IMDb fact that um, Morris day says like 18 
I can't remember if it's words or lines to the mm-hmm. kid and the kid says nothing back. Yeah. So and and Morris is the one that said on like he's he's in the like club owner's ear like we got to get rid of him you know it's like i'll get you a new band they can get out of here so i think that just gives you know more credence to what you said which is like he just wants him out of there you know like if they were both like great like there's only positives for both of these bands to be there because they're going to draw a big crowd but if he's trying to get the kid out of there it's like well there's got to be something else you know so it's either like we want to be the biggest band or just like i don't want to be around this person anymore maybe that maybe they just didn't devise that backstory yeah maybe not yeah (laughs) or it's on the cutting room floor somewhere (laughs) yeah oh man that's what i want give me the director's cut i want all this footage oh my god because like obviously i feel like there were some songs that they cut yeah or at least like at, at least maybe they didn't film it but like Prince was like, here's my trunk of songs. Pick some. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's some that definitely got left off for sure, which I would just love to see. Okay, so on the last episode, I asked this to Tyler and Matt, and I want to also get your opinion on it. How would you define this movie? Would you say it's a musical or is it a movie with music? Now, to refresh everyone's memory, because people probably don't re-listen to these episodes except for my guests, um, <laughs> Matt was torn between it being a musical and a movie about music. Yeah. Uh, Tyler called it a concert documentary. And I thought, and I said it was similar to Spice World and A Hard Day's Night where Prince is trying to sell the Purple Rain album. Mm-hmm. So I, I, th- I, th- I think it's more a movie with and about music, but not like necessarily Chicago or yeah. like Moulin Rouge, where they I have to see sing that. their feelings. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. It is like a, a promo piece of sorts. My brain goes to like um, the Mighty Ducks because like they bought the hockey team. So it's like, let's make a movie with the, the Mighty Ducks and then people will buy all of the merch with the <laughs> hockey team. You know, it's like, yeah, I guess that's a real roundabout way of doing a promo. It's like making a feature film, but it works it worked you know um and i think it kind of falls in line with this one thing i did enjoy i'm I'm gonna butcher exactly what he said but i liked matt's point of um you could like remove the music and there's still like a narrative to the movie and i agreed with that i was like yeah i mean there's still like a a, you know a rough three hex structure but it's still there um but it's less of you know stop making sense it's not like necessarily just like a concert movie there is some some story to it but i think you are pretty spot on we're just like let's let people enjoy this in the theater and then let's like let's sell the shit out of this album because like dart when they when he sings darling nikki and that's when apollonia is there with morris day and then she has to leave because he's being insane mm-hmm. on stage maybe that could be like a a true musical moment because because yeah. but like i feel like it's more in him selling it on stage rather than the lyrics of the song mm-hmm. you know yeah. like he's, he's being I, crass he's being crude and everything 
A hundred percent. And that's where I think like it works. Obviously, like I did it the reverse of like what we're saying here, but someone who listened to this album for years, but then watched it, it like kind of brings new meaning to a lot of these songs. And just like, that's a great example of Darling Nikki. It's like, oh, that's what, that's what he was doing here. Like, it's a great song. It's a, you know, it's why we have the parental advisory warning. It's like, it's like, there's so much history behind Darling Nikki, but then you you watch him perform. It's like, oh, okay. This was kind of like a fuck you song a little bit, you know, it's like, it's kind of cool to, to see that performance and just like how intense he was getting. Do you remember what you thought it was about before you saw the movie then? I mean, nothing outside of just like a, a sexual escapade, you know, like it was just kind of like that was just kind of like, oh, all right, it's like recapping a, a crazy adventure that this guy went on, you know, <laughs> like that was it. Like, all right, cool. Yeah. Like just taking it very literal, you know? So, yeah. There are some other things that I wanted, I, I noted as well. Like, okay, Prince, not, a, not an actor, not the greatest mm-hmm. actor ever, but like there was magic when he was performing the songs oh my god because like (laughs) i don't know if he realized that with acting it's very different than performing on stage as your stage persona Mm -hmm. um because like you have to emote you have to recite lines you have (laughs) yeah (laughs) like i think prince is such an interesting person you know to discuss this about because i don't think like he was a persona or a character i think he was like genuinely who he was you know but he in this you know in here it's also just like he is also playing a role so he is also like acting but i feel like that's just genuinely who he was and it was just nuts to think about it like now we know him as prince but if you think about seeing this back in 83 it's like what i mean this dude is wearing like the craziest stuff you know whatever but now we just know that's prince you know that's who he was and that's like a sincere thing so to see him kind of like blend these together like some of the performances on stage where it's just like he i mean i'm thinking specifically now of the purple rain performance oh my god it's like yes yeah just like tugged in my heartstrings we just had that scene you know with the dad i don't know you know spoilers or whatever if people are you know this far into it but we know what we just saw but there's also the we've had the whole movie of him like rejecting their music He's like no i'm not gonna do it so there's so much that happens with this song and then he even ends it by kissing wendy like on the cheek you know kind of thing which just like oh that was kind of like a i'm sorry you guys were right this is great like whatever you know um but there's there's the kid but there i think there is also just prince underneath there um just being who he is i'm gonna say something very sacrilegious well right now hell yeah i feel like the movie should have ended at purple rain oh yeah i mean if they wanted to have i would die for you and baby i'm a star they should have put that first Mm-hmm. in his set and then end with yeah. purple rain because like it's the titular song it's very emotional and like i don't know i i feel like he doesn't have to like actually have like that moment backstage with apollonia mm-hmm. or like when he goes back to his dad the parents house and cleans up after the dad commits suicide attempted but it looked like he he made it you know uh yeah yeah so like i i didn't need to see that i feel like this movie it could have ended with the kid not really learning a lesson he's so Mm -hmm. very in his ways that like 
we saw enough to realize, oh, like he understood during, uh, was it when doves cry? When does he revisit the slap? Yeah, that sounds right. Because like we get that already where he's like, oh, I fucked up. Yeah. And he knows he messed up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I think I'm with you. Like, I think that's a more powerful ending. Um, honestly, like you could even follow him down to the basement where he thinks he just kind of like threw his career away. You know, he's like, oh, I played a personal song. People are going to hate it. Like I'm leaving. And then you hear everyone cheering and stuff. And I think you could even just end it on his face realizing like, oh, people like this. Like, cool. Cut to black. Like it was a success. Or, or better yet. Keep Purple Lane where it currently is. Yeah. And then do I Would Die For You and Baby I'm a Star for the end credits where it's like a split screen where one. Yeah. yeah, I was literally just going to say that because I feel like, yeah, let's start rolling the credits and then let's show the performances on the side. Because like I didn't like the credits, the end credit. They just did samples of all the songs that happened in the movie of all the Prince only songs, not the morris day songs nor the apollonia song which oh boy yeah oh god (laughs) but like i i was just like oh my god this is too much so much sensational overload right now like and it's unnecessary like we just watched the whole movie we know all these songs like you don't need to give me 20 seconds of everything i just saw like it's arguably worse to end on that you know so yeah it's like play baby i'm a star over the credits and then let's go like that's yes. a, a great credit song so and let's then do and, that. and then end it again with a reprise of purple rain like yeah yeah do it yeah exactly there's so <laughs> many other ways to do it so i i agree with you i think everything we saw could have and maybe should have been over the credits um okay i want to now elaborate more on the uh or expand more on the album and soundtrack because this is where that theory that I was saying that like, I feel like he had the album first, except for mm-hmm. obviously when doves cry or yeah. in maybe some other songs, but like he had the album first because it's only his songs on it. We don't get jungle love um, or the bird. And we also don't get sex shooter, which I'm okay with personally. Yeah, that's but, fine. <laughs> yeah. We can do that off. But like the Morris day songs, they're so much fun. And they're so fun apparently they're they are on an album that also came out that year so like they are in the world for people to listen to separate from the movie but like if we're gonna do a purple rain soundtrack yeah like give us all of it like i I don't know i mean it's something again like in watching this like i don't know the last time that i really liked the antagonist so much but morris is like he's just so like fun to watch like his performances are great he has like one of the most brutal line deliveries at the end of the movie when he like walks by his room and then walks back he's like has the family <laughs> it just leaves like oh my god like this guy knows that his dad just tried to commit suicide and he's like it is fucking brutal but at the same time then we see him like dancing along to i would die for you it's like okay i guess he came around and realized like the kid is <laughs> i'm a that dick the kid is, yeah yeah exactly but oh man like morris was him and jerome like i know we're we're not there yet but those are some a couple of sharps for oh, me we could, for sure oh we could talk about morris and jerome too because like they are the campiest queens ever like this is i feel like the non again the non-musical scenes are so campy yeah 
So okay. there's that moment where I I strapped it last time and I'm strapping it again. Spoiler alert for that. But like when Prince goes into his into his parents' house and he's uh, yelling at his dad, say and shouts, "Answer me, motherfucker!" and then <laughs> does it like a does a twirl. <laughs> yes. I, I... <laughs> then then we kind of talked about it last time, but when um that random woman comes out and yells at Morris and mm. Jerome throws her in the dumpster, I'm like okay misogyny but like that's also funny because it's yeah. so random <laughs> yeah like you said it's can- like they know how campy this is like i listened to your guys episode before re-watching it and that little twirl he does like in the dining room like looking for his dad like answer me motherfucker <laughs> just like this turn like <laughs> i just didn't notice it last time and now i just couldn't take my eyes off of like oh what a what a twirl to have right in the middle of just like ready to go beat up your dad um yeah then throwing that woman in the dumpster it's like that's like so problematic on a lot of levels but also it's just like it was funny you know like for what it was back then it's like it was crazy and also when he jokes with or when he tells apollonia that she needs to like um bathe in the lake or oh yeah the water whatever lake minnetonka yeah Yeah. the water and he's like this isn't lake minnetonka like (laughs) yeah you get it um i'll also be like give me that bracelet now it's mine (laughs) haha like the fuck is happening it was so weird he's like now it's mine you gave it to me it's like all right little like kind of little bitchy but all right cool but like, like but like you're right yeah it's just it was yeah it was such a, a weird scene and just trying to like develop this personality for the kid which just like isn't important in this movie like you said he doesn't need to learn anything we just want to hear some print songs you know like yes speaking of print songs let's talk about the songs yeah like you're okay so you're a musician Mm -hmm. right yeah would you cover any of these songs Uh, i mean it's like you had a microphone in our living room because i was like how do i start a prince cover band because like (laughs) i would love it like tyler you know from the pod he and i were in a band together um we primarily did like uh, we were a misfits tribute band but we would also throw in like 80s hair metal covers Nice. um and then the occasional like avril lavigne song stuff like that you know like we just really mix it up um and then one time we actually opened up for ourselves doing kind of like 80s pop stuff which was so much fun and that music's just like a blast to play so like honestly like i would love nothing more than to play drums in a prince cover band <laughs> like it just looks like a blast you know like, i would get the little pencil mustache and everything i am now imagining you and tyler doing the opening of computer blue and i'm here for all of that (laughs) i would love it i will uh i'll send you a a picture but Mm -hmm. when we open for ourselves i'm just in like a uh white zebra print like thong essentially Uh, that's that's all i wore to oh no like doing the wendy and lisa dialogue oh yeah. yeah hey ben Yes. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes Tyler. Tyler. <laughs> yeah, I love that so much. Is the water ready? Yes, Tyler. <laughs> Good. Let's get started then. Yes, Tyler. Oh, we've got to recreate that. I would love it. <laughs> I don't know what it is. There's something about Computer Blue that that like. Don't get me wrong. I do love the rest of the album, but like that's like my favorite out of the album. It, you know what? Like that became a favorite through the movie for me it's one that like i didn't always listen to when listening to the album i was like i don't know that i want to do like the computer blue like i'm 
let's just get over to darling nikki kind of thing but since watching it, i was like no this actually has like a pretty sick like guitar solo like it's a great song actually so it's there's no skips for me on this album uh i, I skipped some songs not gonna yeah, lie I mean, I mean do it yeah yeah but like i mean what's great about so the movie playlist and the actual mm-hmm. album song list is very very different because like um but but like what what's interesting is that both in the movie and in the album computer blue is followed by darling nikki because hmm. yeah, it is yeah i do believe on the album there is like a transitional moment between the two which i think they do in the movie i i I don't remember that little detail because like all of a sudden Prince is then humping the the stage during Darling Nikki. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is interesting how they mix it up because even the album goes the way that like you even kind of suggested where it's like when doves cry, then I would die for you, baby, I'm sorry. And then we end with Purple Rain, you know, whereas the movie like Purple Rain's the third from the last. So it is interesting how they organize the album versus what we see in the movie. Yeah, and then they added... Well, okay, so I got the deluxe expanded one. So after Purple Rain, there is The Dance Electric and then Love and Sex, which are not songs in the movie. Oh, okay. So maybe those are ones that got cut, like Cutting Room Floor kind of things? Yes. Yes. Nice. And then... The this deluxe expanded one is has thirty five tracks on it, where some of them are like, um, like there's the Purple Rain seven seven inch single edit, mm. so like you have the different edits and everything or the, the extended edit, version, yeah. but like there's a song called We Can Fuck. No, I yeah. haven't that I haven't listened to. I can tell you that, but... <laughs> and it is ten minutes long. That is quite the song. I like that. <laughs> Okay, this is a thing that I kind of don't like about film soundtracks. And like, yes, we discussed that, like, we're not sure that this is actually the soundtrack as opposed to an album, a Prince album. But like, how do you feel about soundtracks doing things in different order than what's in the movie? I mean, I don't know. I guess everyone has their, you know, artistic license to do whatever. But I just... I, I prefer to stay in the order that we see it in the movie because in my mind that's kind of how I'm experiencing it as I'm listening to it. Thank it's you. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> then we went to this, you know. So I, my personal preference is keep it how it is in the movie. Um, I just think that works best, right? Because then, if you love the movie and you've seen it seven thousand times, and then obviously you're listening to the soundtrack, you're like, oh, this is that scene. Oh, and then it's followed by this scene, and oh, mm-hmm. this is yeah. when he bitch slapped her, like. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You don't want to have to jump around. It's like, wait, no, this is like at the end, but now it's before the super emotional performance of like Purple Rain. So, okay, I don't know. Yeah. Um, the other day, I was playing Computer Blue at work, and one of my coworkers, um, it was the beginning part, or I can't remember if it was the beginning or like after a lot of the singing happened, where there's a lot of in that song, there's a lot of music. Not mm-hmm. a lot of lyrics, a lot of music. And she goes, uh, it sounds like she blinded me with science, which mm. I had to look it up. And I am only saying that because it kind of does, if you think about it. And yeah. she blinded me with science came out in 1982. And I'm not. Oh, wow. I don't want to say maybe he was inspired, 
but it doesn't it, it doesn't sound exactly but it's n- enough where well uh, actually if you really think about it i don't think we can really classify prince with like a sound yeah. especially in this in this movie he does a ballad he, computer blue is new wave pop mm-hmm. um uh uh when doves cry is eclectic <laughs> oh yeah yeah say the least yeah that's true uh, there isn't necessarily like a, a genre assigned to him or this kind of album like it's kind of all over in the best way and like i still haven't listened to more prince music but like outside of this album could you specify a genre for him or is it just like he is he is like his, his um wardrobe and especially the symbol like over the top and everything and nothing at the same time yeah i, I think that's like the safest bet obviously like the earlier like 80s stuff i think you could just give it the the general pop you know if it's like little red corvette or raspberry beret like that kind of a thing it's like yeah that's just like it's pop but then you know what he started doing or what he was doing when i again like turned down that concert like i listened to that album it's like i don't want to go listen to this you know it's just like it's fine like it's just like it's not i don't know it's not the prince that i i want to listen to kind of thing um and i think you know some artists do that some artists just kind of change over time like my my favorite band is definitely like mellowed out as they've gotten older and that's cool um but i think prince's version of mellowing out is just like a lot different because he's still prince he's still got to bring his you know who he is to that well don't you worry everyone because prince's music is still being released it (laughs) is still being released (laughs) there after his so i'm looking at his albums and there's so many of them but um after his death there so far have been three albums released there was piano and the microphone 1983 that came out in 2018. In 2019, there is an album called Originals. And in 2021, so two years ago, there was Welcome to America. Oh, wow. Man, he's just, he's got to have, who knows, you know, like they'll be releasing albums after you and I are no longer here. <laughs> like if he has thousands of songs, you know what I mean? Like they'll just, there's probably so much to pull from. Yeah. Oh, what's interesting. Um, I'm looking at I'm I'm on his Wikipedia page and obviously after the discography there's his filmography and um so he's done five movies apparently where two of them he's playing himself so we're not really let's not count them so he has three mm-hmm. movies he has Purple Rain Under the Cherry Moon and then there's Graffiti Bridge where he plays a character also called the kid <laughs> Yeah it's like as I understand it it's kind of a sequel to purple rain uh i watched it um but i'm trying to remember who our guest was that we had on for purple rain but they told me about that they're like oh yeah like it's not good by any means but it is a sequel yeah it continues with the kid living a future life as an upbeat performer i wonder morris day is back so is jerome Jerome and the time yeah Uh uh-huh staples george clinton like but not Apollonia. No, her in the six <laughs> didn't cut it, I guess. Well, that was supposed to be Vanity. Yeah, which is also Do you know who Vanity is? Please tell me you do, because they did it. Yeah, yeah, I know. When they said okay. that, when I heard that, it's like, you guys haven't heard of Vanity? Like, I, yeah. Because Vanity, oh, 
vanity. Because <laughs> it was her, Sheila E. And then he did, did he have like a third protege or something? Oh, uh, he probably did. I can't remember who it was, but I'm sure he did. Because I also did read that uh, him and Morris Day were friends. Yeah. Prior to this movie. But then apparently on the movie, they like didn't get along after a while. That's interesting. Yeah, I worked with a dude. Um, I used to work out at the airport here in Salt Lake, and this guy and I. I mean, he loved music, and we would talk about that all the time. And he was, he was, more of a fan of the time than he was Prince. He was like, <gasps> and there was a, a while there because he he just had like an extensive knowledge of this. It's like for a long time, like the time was the more popular and better band, you know, in the area. And then Prince obviously blew up, but he he was steadfast and like like the time is the better band. Like you can't deny Prince's genius, you know, as an artist and stuff. But like the time is a is a well oiled machine. It's like that's a that's a hot take, you know, to say the least. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just I, I always think of him. His name is. I remember like he was he was just like nope, the time is better. Like all right, cool man. Like I'm I'm not educated enough to debate you on this, but yeah, I will bleep out his name. Okay. Oh. In case. <laughs> no. <okay. laughs> yeah. I I don't want I don't want him to get the hate mail because you know you know how yeah. fans can be. But yeah, I mean that's a good t- that's a that's a take. I don't mm-hmm. know the times. I I don't know the music of the time that well because like they only have two songs in here and they're both very upbeat, poppy yeah. songs. And like again, I really appreciated the choreography of both the time and the revolution Mm -hmm. i don't think you really see that anymore well there there isn't this type of music these days right yeah it's true like it's all i mean when i think of singing and dancing now it's just like you know the boy bands or whatever but it's just like it's totally different whereas this like i mean some of my favorite thing to watch in purple rain is the dance breakdown during the bird you know it's like when they're like sliding and like yes. doing the show, like all that kind of stuff like that's so cool jerome just like pops up he's like cool let's do our dance now <laughs> you know like or, or the, start doing the dance like or the balcony dancers yes yeah which i read that some of them mm, i can't remember which band it was some of them worked with either the time or the revolution okay. after this movie interesting so it was ve- yeah it this you you can tell that prince was in minnesota and was just like hey friends let's mm-hmm. get together who wants to see, who wants to see a free concert like <laughs> oh man i mean that's another thing it's just like looking at that crowd during the purple rain segment it's like everyone there was dressed like like just prince. naturally yeah but it's like how they would dress you know it felt like they were all like if i mean there's like you know a guy with like a shaved head there was flock of seagulls haircut there's like all this kind of stuff i'm like oh these people are just like who they are and there was a lot of the crowd that were dressed similar to prince and or morris day but it's like if i saw a movie made today trying to replicate the 80s i'm like you guys are doing too much you know but seeing this in an in the time when it's actually set it's like man it is so fucking cool to see all these people dressed just like how they wanted to dress it felt like a very specific kind of like group these people that go to this club like they they got their style and i loved it I saw a lot of male presenting mm-hmm. background extras that had a lot of makeup on too. Yeah. And I was just very fascinated by that. It was like, yeah. okay, I, I again, I feel like 
it's just who wants to see a show come mm-hmm. as you are you know maybe if you want to if you want to like dress nice dress to your finest maybe that was the call yeah, <laughs> the yeah call. for sure but i think they'll they'll did a great job i love that crowd ben do you have anything else you want to mention before we get into sharp and flat let's get into it great let's do it sharp flat so in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it or thought it could change, it's flat. And since it's a second chance theater episode, I'm going to see how I feel about my last sharps and flats. And don't worry, everyone. I got new ones. But Ben, I'm going to let you go first. What do you want to start with? You go. Uh, I mean, I kind of hinted to it earlier, but a sharp for me, even though he's the antagonist, was just anytime Morris and Jarrell were together, they're dynamic their chemistry was just absurd in in the greatest way like jerome is over the top it's like it's such a little moment but my favorite thing of him is like when they're in the car uh trying to get apollonia and morris's window won't go down and so he like taps jerome and he does it like he barely moves his head he just keeps it on the headrest and like turns it a little bit but it's like it's just it's weird and you know no one can see what i'm doing and if you haven't seen it it doesn't make sense but it's just like it's the smallest thing that's so funny to me and i just i love their dynamic i thought they were so great together him coming out in jungle love with a mirror so morris and then they do choreo yeah right it's like (laughs) it's fantastic I, i i love it so much uh, any other sharps? Oh man, I mean, I mean, just the movie as a whole. Like, I just again, I talked about it earlier, but I just feel like if you experience this movie after having listened to the album, I I love the the new viewing it brought to me, the new like understanding of the album. So I know it's a it's a very general thing to say, but having listened to an album for like twenty years, it's so interesting to hear it in a new way, you know. And it's mm-hmm. it, to me, it was all because of of watching this, like. It, it's a campy movie it's a pure 80s movie but in my heart it's a five star like there's like it's great you know like it is just it's exactly what it needs to be uh do you have any flats then yeah i do and like it, it just i think it comes more from like the verbiage and the way people were talking back then like as a as a yeah. son of a gay dad you know i'm very like sensitive to the slur you know the f word um mm-hmm. And so that getting brought up, like, it's just, it's my least favorite word in the world. I hate it so much, you know, um, it's just, I don't know, it bothers me. So that kind of stuff, you know, and we see it in a lot of those old, like, 80s movies, I mean, and and later as well. And even just the insult of just like, you know, how being gay is, is bad, it makes you weak or whatever, like that's, that shit's just always bothered me so much. So if I could fix anything in this movie, it would be that for sure. Okay, so does John agree with his former Sharps and Flats? Yes, but there's one I want to kind of amend. So um, I want to emphasize, and I'm going to read this verbatim as I wrote it down, everyone. I, I, I have outlines, as I mentioned in past episodes. So I write, I literally write things down because sometimes I watch these movies like days before recording. Mm-hmm. So I need to remember all these crazy thoughts that I have. So I am emphasizing a sharp for Jerome Morris Day's Cabin Boy. I'm also emphasizing a sharp for the answer me motherfucker where Prince turned (laughs) looking for his dad and remembered to pose for the camera. Oh, that's right. He did that too. Not only did he do a twirl, but then he just posed for the camera. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, And then an uber flat for the misogyny. 
Morris Day calls women bitches all the time. I feel like that's also something that, like, if we're going to redo this or if we're going to re-edit it, maybe we can, like, ADR him say women or something like that mm-hmm. or, or change the lines up. Um, uh, so I do have some new sharps and new flats. So my new sharps is for Morris Day as an actor. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wa- So... Last time I flatted the character of Morris Day because he's a terrible human being. And yes. Uh, yeah. But in this one, I but now I want to sharp him as an actor because like, I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> he's clearly having fun though. And that's all that's important. Yeah, 100%. Like he's arguably the best actor in this movie. <laughs> you know, like he's just so entertaining yes. to watch. Yeah. He's better than Apollonia and she's yeah. an actual actor. Right. Like, um, I also want to sharp the music and the music videos within the movie. I'm surprised I didn't do that last time. I'm very upset with myself. Um, a, a super sharp for Computer Blue. Another sharp for Morris Day's Backup Dancers on the Balcony. And then, okay, this is so dumb. I'm sharpening Prince's microphone. Now, Ooh. did you, I loved that not he didn't just like slide it off the stand and just held the microphone like a stand-up comic. He ripped it off the stand so that there was still a little bit of like I'm pointing to my part mm-hmm. of the microphone so Ben can see. I don't know how to describe this. Maybe I'll post it a picture of it somewhere. Um, but I that I I was like, that is brilliant. And yeah. I can't remember. Who was the Steven Tyler who used to like carry it around, carry around the whole microphone on a pole? Yeah, with like the scarves or whatever. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because there, I I know that there was some other singers who that was their shtick. They would take it off the stand and like take it off the bass and hold the whole pole instead of like just slide the microphone. Brilliant. Um. Okay. So my new flats, Princess Kissing. There has to be a class somewhere on how to kiss on film to make it look yeah. great. Because, like, you know, Prince is known for being uber sexual and, like, a sex icon and everything like that. The purple one and all that. And, like, him kissing, I was just like, oh, this is amateur hour. <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is like he just learned how to kiss. Okay. And um, then, if I can tag on to your flat as well, like the the sex scene that they have in his house when he's like behind her like feeling her up it's just like i was just uncomfortable because i'm like how much of this did you talk about beforehand because he's just like letting his hands roam but at some point it goes like under the underwear you know and it's just like like i don't know it just made me uncomfortable i was like do do, do you tell her this like i just I, i don't know it it just weirded me out i read that they filmed three different versions of that where there was I don't know how, how they came up with this grading system, but there was a G version, a PG thir- a PG version, and then an R version, and then they mm. went with the R-rated one. Gotcha. Yeah. So I wonder what those other two were like. Yeah, very curious. <laughs> um, my other flat is for Prince being the only one with a character name. Because, like, I get it. It is autobiographical to a degree. Or it it's a hundred percent an autobiography, but like, couldn't they be playing characters instead of playing themselves? The other the rest yeah. of the cast. Yeah, I think so. It kind of you know it ventures into eight mile territory there, which is like Eminem. We know this is about you. <laughs> like even that's yeah. a different name. Like we know this is this is you. Because at least for like 
my other example, Spice World and A Hard Day's Night, like, yes, they are playing themselves, but like they are also heightened versions. They are playing mm-hmm. characters of themselves. They are not, that is not what we see in interviews or in on stage. And like, I get, I think, I think in this movie, in Purple Rain, like, Wendy, Lisa, Jerome, Morris Day, they're all playing heightened versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm not sure if that's true or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then my last flat, I don't know how true of a flat this one is going to be. Maybe you can help me out. So on Amazon Prime, where I watched this movie, where I bought this movie for mm-hmm. $8, I watch all my movies with subtitles these days. And the subtitles during the songs was using like internet lingo. So like, yeah. like I know the title for I, I would, uh, what is it? I would die for you. They use the mm-hmm. number four and the letter U. And so in a lot of the songs, they did shit like that. And I l- try to like, look it up online and all the sources I found for the lyrics online. Like he would say F O R Y O U. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's how he actually wrote the lyrics out. And if he did, then I apologize, everyone. It's not. It's, this is like a stupid little flat for me. But like, because <laughs> because I, I, I read the subtitles and listen and watch and everything. I'm just like, it doesn't make sense. Like, uh, pick something. Just, yeah, just the consistency. Go either way. You know, just like pick one. Yeah. But do, like, do you know, though, if his lyrics that he would do that? I mean, again, like, it feels like something he would do. Like, he would write the number four and the letter U, you know, it's like, it kind of seems like that would be the case. But So then either way, I'm either flatting Ooh. Amazon prime or the sources I found online because <laughs> yeah. one of them is wrong and I want it to be consistent everywhere. Exactly. The end. Um, <laughs> would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist? From the I movie? mean, yeah, honestly, like throw the whole thing on my playlist, but I'm, I'll just give you like a top three that I would like without a doubt, take, um i want the beautiful ones that's like maybe my favorite performance in this movie when he's like you know it's when um apollonia is with morris at the table and he's like is it him or is it me like i I love the intensity in that performance Mm -hmm. so much um obviously purple rain like that's just one of the greatest songs of all time without a doubt give me a fourth one too because that's just a given that's just a given for sure um and then yeah, I don't know. Like, Darling Nikki is, I mean, these are like the classic songs on here. Um, but then, yeah, my last one be Baby I'm a Star. It's catchy, you know, it's a catchy song and I love it. It's a little uh, motivator. So I agree with you with all of those, but I'm going to also add Jungle Love. Oh, yeah. When, when Doves Cry, Computer Blue, which I've talked about how much I love that song. Um, and I Would Die for You. The last three songs, Purple Rain, I Would Die for You, and Baby I'm a Star. That's a great set. Mm-hmm. I again, I don't agree with it that like we still have another like eight minutes of movie after yeah, it's like purple this rain. epilogue after purple rains. Like we don't need yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, like that. That that's uh fucking end credit stuff. But like, mm-hmm. it, I I am happy it's in the movie because it it they are true bops. They yeah. are amazing, no, without a doubt. And on that note, Ben. We're done. We did it. We made it. You we did it. Talked about Purple Rain on my podcast. Finally, a dream come true. I was so 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 heartbroken to miss that episode. So I'm glad that you had me back on to talk about it because I it. love it. 
and you got to do it by yourself it was a, a solo it was a prince solo you yeah. know just you didn't have to deal with here. those with your wendy and lisa yeah, it's just it's just me and you. <laughs> no shade to Matt and Tyler. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, Matt and Tyler. And I'm sorry, Steve. I did curse a lot this episode, but not as much as I usually do. So it was good. Yeah, yeah. it was solid. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't know if Steve's gonna listen to this. I don't know if Steve I... listened. I don't know if Steve listened to the original episode either. But if he did, great. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Steve. I I love Steve. Um, I think Steve loves Purple Rain too. Oh my God, Steve is so cool. <laughs> he's the coolest never met the guy he's so cool uh awesome. ben what do you have to plug or promote um well just the two podcasts that i do um as we've been talking about i have one with tyler and matt called three films in a podcast where essentially we pick a theme um and then each of us picks a movie that we have not seen that relates to that theme so that's the whole premise of the podcast we're trying to watch new stuff to us um, I watched The Office for like the 50th time and Tyler watched New Girl for the 50th time. It's like, we we need to watch new stuff. Like we need to experience new things. Um, so you can find us everywhere. All the socials were at Three Films Pod. I have another podcast uh, with my buddy Ethan and we cover all the A24 movies um, and it is called 24 Minutes of A24. Uh, we have never only done 24 minutes, <laughs> but uh we're trying you know we're, we're trying to get there but yeah and that is just everywhere at 24 minutes of a 24 have you guys already done everything everywhere all at once yeah i mean we did that like raptor came out and then we just recently went back through and did all of the um, best picture nominees for the oscars we did like 24 minutes of the oscars so the last 10 weeks we've been going through all the best pictures oh jesus so we actually covered it twice yeah and then we also covered it on three films so if you want to listen to me talk about that maybe three times you can go do that it is uh it's my that, favorite movie of the year for sure i feel like that one which i call a perfect movie yeah and anyone can fight me on it but you were wrong. Um, I would love to hear you guys just talk about that for 24 minutes. Oh you can't. You can't. No, I cannot you'll, imagine. You'll be like, and then we meet Jobu Tupaki. Oh, we're done with the episode? And we're cut. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's, uh, it's impossible. It is. It's such a great movie. If, if any of your listeners use Letterboxd, they will understand. Like, You get to pick your four favorite movies and put that on your profile. And I've had it the same for like three or four years. And then this movie worked its way into my top four. Cause I was just like the first time I saw it, I was like, did I just see one of my favorite movies of all time, which is crazy with the recent movie to think that, you know, but I love it. Like you said, it's a perfect movie. And now the multi Oscar winning movie, everything we were all at once. <laughs> so good. So good. Um, And if you want to, I mean, I, w- I said some outlandish stuff this episode. If you want to like, Come correct me. You can. You can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at buttersongpod. Um, I don't know what. Um, ooh, okay. Call to action for the audience um, that nobody answers anyway. What other Prince song would you love to see in this movie? Do you have an answer? Um, I mean, I'm a Raspberry Beret kind of guy. I love that song. So I wouldn't hate seeing that here. That is in Under the Cherry Moon. Oh, it is? I think. Wait, Interesting. no. I, I, mean, know, I, I may you. have just speculated. I may have lied profusely to you. I don't know. No, I haven't seen that It's on the internet. One. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think this one happened later after his film career. I would pick Kiss. Ooh, yeah. Uh, especially, especially during the sex scene. Like, that would be, that would. Yeah, that'd be so good. Yeah, that'd be great. 
and if you want to be part of next episode's conversation, we will be talking about Teen Beach Movie, a Disney Channel original movie. Woo! Hell yeah. Ben, thank you so much for coming back on. Um, and um, you can hear me on Ben. On, yeah, I was uh, going to say, films. come listen on three films. You came on for Honey Boy. Honey Boy. Um, I did. What else did I do? I did, did like another. two others. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. And then you will be on this summer where we are going to be covering remakes, originals and their remake. And I have chosen West Side Story because I've seen neither of those. But but before then, um, in like a month-ish, you can hear me talk about Kubo and the Two Strings. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah that was a lot of fun. So, Ben, thank you so much for coming back on. One of these days, we're going to get the three of you together we'll to get there. talk about something. Wicker At Man, that's the other one. Wicker, Wicker Man. Man, that's right. There it is. Nicholas Cage. Kubo, Wicker Man, and Honey Boy. That's just uh, the trifecta. Uh, and then soon to be West Side Story, which soon to be West Side Story. I've covered on here both up both of them. So oh, nice. Watch out, everyone. I'm coming <laughs> ready. Um, but thank you again for listening. You follow all the things, do everything I'm supposed to tell you because we're podcasters. And bye for now, everyone. See ya. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.